to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and newhavenindependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash newhavenindependent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can also hit see first to hear and see all the great programs we have here on WNHHLP and Cannabis Corner is also streaming on Greenhaven Media and Pro Cannabis Media. It is Monday, January the 30th. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. I'm your host, Joe Lachance. I am joined here by my co-host, Uncle Lou. Lou Vega, how are you today, Louis? I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well. Just uh, taking a moment to roll a blunt. Get ready for the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Very much. Interesting Very weekend. Much How was so. your weekend? It was a long weekend. It was an interesting weekend. It was a fun weekend. Um, nothing horrible. Things are good. Life is good. People are... Uh, 2023 seems like it's been a very positive year for a lot of people finding themselves and getting back into the swing of things and you know lots of opportunities for everybody so it's it's a it's a good time yeah no i had a nice weekend a couple of my cousins came in from connecticut um, oh a surprise to surprise my cousin who lives down here for her birthday so it was very That's nice awesome. Yeah, get a little nice uh, taste of home down here for for the weekend. So it was very, very cool. Yeah, you get to enjoy and do things and push forward. I'm excited about everything that's going on. And, um, you know, those type of things, traveling, making friends, having old friends, experiencing family again, you know, all those things are super important. And um, I think that as the market matures here in Connecticut and as everybody finds their places and their ways um there'll be a lot of things happening actually huge shout out to Tamika she was uh she's with minority medical marijuana she's the Connecticut president chapter president for um minorities for medical marijuana I know that we've all touched base with her back and forth she's now the cannabis accelerator program director so she's you know she's a manager she's in charge of the accelerator program for the cannabis uh for the social equity committee which was pretty cool so it's nice to see another person see somebody who's been in the field here doing it who've really had a lot of aspirations take on a leadership role from this from the accelerator side which so big shout out to her nice Um, nice to see people moving up in the industry who we've known throughout the years and she comes from bridgeport so that's also a huge thing so it's bridgeport cannabis supporting throughout so it's a good representation of 
what's going on down in Bridgeport. Very, very good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because Fairfield County seems to be one of those underserved areas. Um, but so, um, you know, last week we talked a little bit about all the different bills that were placed into, uh, you know, the legislative session this year. And man, uh, Joe, there are so many bills that affect cannabis and there there's the the group presented it like we, you know, we talk Kibra, Jocelyn, Lou, all of all of us like to stay abreast of what's going on. Ralph, Jason, right. we all like to stay abreast of what's going on. And man, there's a lot of bills in the how in and for cannabis. So um, a ton of them, dude. A ton. Just to go over a couple real quick. But the one I really want to focus on is the latest one from the Republicans. That but, bill stops the sale of cannabis. Yeah. It yeah. recriminalizes. It yeah. it's a rough bill there. It they went for broke on this thing dude i have the bill in front of me this thing Go ahead calls... and read that one joe read that one okay okay first it says establish a cap on the amount of thc present in a single serving and require disclosure of the concentration of thc present in each serving and description of its potency require that a label be placed on the package of each consumer product containing thc Disclosing that such product may be addictive, lead to birth certificate defects, or cause psychosis. Provide that no gasoline dealer shall sell any product containing any form of THC. Well, these are basic. Suspend retail cannabis sales. Here we go. Until the drug recognition expert certification program is operational. So what they're saying here is they want to stop the sales now until all the cops have been educated and certified in stopping people for cannabis. Is that correct, Lou? That's what they're saying. It's And I think that that's absurd. You know, police officers are issuing citations, fines, tickets, arresting people for cannabis. They know what cannabis is. They know that you're impaired. Like I it's. I think it's insulting to 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 the system at all to say, "Hey, we got to stop so that they can be trained." Like they've been doing this. If if they if if they're not specialized in it right now, then every one of those arrests are are invalid. Uh, exactly and, and right. That, like what have they, how have they been arresting people all these years? Right. What about all right. those people they just expunged on minor offenses? You're going to tell me not one of them were stopped driving? Come on, man. Exactly. They know and how that's to the do biggest it thing because there are. They, they, you get pulled over. Oh, we can tell you're high. And that was enough for them to arrest us or for them to do right. something. And now you're saying, oh, no, they're, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, then everybody who's ever been arrested for jail should be locked, locked, locked uh, let out. Yeah. Because if there's no, if they don't know what they're doing and you need to stop selling cannabis because they don't know what they're doing, then I guess every one of those uh, lawsuits uh, should just start coming out. They should yeah. just start, everybody should just start suing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it goes further, though. Uh, require that each cannabis retail employ a certified bud tender and that such bud tender be present at retailer during hours. I don't understand that. They're going to have. So I don't tenders. understand that at all, because that's a title of bud tender. They currently require everybody to have a pharmacist. Yeah. Which is which is a high level education. Right. Like. 
That's where it's confusing. You know what I mean? And then all the bud tenders in Connecticut currently are pharmacy techs. So very true. You know, before you can apply to be a bud tender in Connecticut, but because we don't use the term bud tenders, but you would be a dispense dispensary tech. You have to be a pharmacy tech. So you have to actually have an education, get it, you know, go through the class, pass the test. It's not an EV test. You know what right. I mean? Like that's the confusing part. And yeah, I don't most- know what they're doing for rec in the dispensary end. Are they requiring the dispensary, the, the adult use uh, dispensary techs to be pharmacy techs as well? Currently, that's not a requirement, but there's, I would believe you would pull from the established pool and make a make the the pharmacy tech degree or at least education until there's a certificate available. But right. to say take it one step further, anybody serving adult use cannabis currently, there's a pharmacist in the building twenty uh, the entire time they're open because they're also serving medicinal cannabis, which requires a pharmacist on staff at all times. Right. So they don't know what they're talking about there. There's no certification for a bud tender yet. So how are you going to certify a bud tender if there's no qualification? Ridiculous. And uh, then, then that term bud tender can be so skewed. Yeah. You know what I mean? In Cali, a bud tender is a $90 class through the state for a bud tender's license and then online. And then you'd go and just get hired someplace. Right. You know what I mean? All right, so. so what else do they got in here? Prohibit cannabis consumption in locations where alcohol consumption is prohibited. Um, repeal. I certain- think that the Restaurant Bar Association, all of the individuals that have alcohol attached to their business who want to be in the cannabis space should be up in arms against this. Mm-hmm. How dare you don't want the cannabis mixing? This should be something that we, it's, a, it's legal. And if we allow it on our patios, it should be allowed on our patio. Right. Right. Um, let's see. Repeal certain restrictions on cannabis related stops and searches of persons and motor vehicles. So they want to take away the smell thing and uh, they want to make it so that we can get arrested easier by yeah. removing smell. That's a big one. That's a huge one, but it's yep. legal. So you shouldn't go after smell. Exactly. They still ask, right. even though it's legal. Yeah, they do. They can't prove you're actually smoking it or that you're under the influence. That's just that you have it. It's just like if you have a six pack in your car, does that mean you're drunk? You know, exactly. A guy like me will pass that test every single time because my tolerance level is ridiculous. Right. Uh, Let's see. Let's get to the good. Oh, prohibit the sales of edible cannabis products. So they don't want to. Yeah. Just in general, like how many people don't smoke? There's so many people. The health portion of it. Combustion is the unhealthiest way to partake in cannabis. Combustion. This smoking a blunt, smoking a joint, lighting something on fire and breathing in the smoke is the worst way to inhale cannabis, to to take cannabis. You know what I mean? Like edibles is more one of the more pure ways of taking it because now it's being digested and you know, yeah, I just don't get the idea of taking away edibles. There's so many people that just don't smoke. And ridiculous. That Here's yeah. one: Speci- specify that imminent risk of serious harm includes a situation where a parent or guardian, visibly under the influence of cannabis, 
drives to a school or daycare facility to pick up their child and attempts to leave with their child. What does that even mean? Okay, so that's already in place. That is already in place. If you go and pick up your child from daycare, depending on what daycare, how strict they are with the rules, but somebody showing up under the visible suspicion of cannabis or any drug, they are mandated to call uh, as a mandated reporter. They actually have to call like child services and things like that. Now, really, that's that's the rules. That's one of the policies in place. And that's where but it, making this a law as well. It's already a law. You know what I mean? Like it just over criminalizes and hyper focuses on the cannabis user versus anything else. And there it shouldn't be chased or chastised like that because that's like if i showed up me licensed the whole nine show up to my kid's school they're like mr vega we think you're stoned i would say i'm laughing this out of the door let me get my kids and let no mr vega you cannot have your children because you are around marijuana wow forget that like crazy yeah oops (laughs) that's the first time i ever did that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, it's horrible, man. That idea is just horrible. I was shocked when I read this thing and some of the ridiculous stuff uh, require that cannabis products be sold in childproof container. Uh, Department of Consumer Protection to review and approve each cannabis product type and its dosage. So that already happens. Like, both of right. those things already happen. Right. Specify that secondhand cannabis smoke is toxic to human health. Now, here's that. Now, where, where, where are you going to? That's the that's the last item of the bill. Specify right. that secondhand cannabis smoke is toxic <laughs> to human health. Firsthand cannabis smoke is not toxic to human health. So how could secondhand be toxic to human health? These are they want <laughs> our they want our cannabis packaging to look like a who's done it of anti-propaganda and that's where you know this is something that they're just trying to push because they're trying to keep face or something like that but right this is something we need to make sure to tell our representatives no this is silly this is completely silly i'll tell the people right now this is proposed bill number five four three four um, referred to the General Law Committee, and of course, Representative Vince Candelora is the head. But yep. there are eight different, uh, six, ten different Republicans who signed off on this bill as well. So look for that bill number five four three four. Tell your representative to vote now. Now the good thing is, obviously, we know that the Democrats have more control in. <laughs> And that doesn't mean anything in this topic, in all honesty. Yes, some Democrats could vote yes on this. A couple could say yes. And that's that's the scary part of it. There's so much misinformation that's out there that that um, this becomes a viable thing for certain people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really scary. It's it's. That in this day and age, a bill like that, after all the work that went into getting it legalized, could just come, they could just come right in and basically try to undo a lot of everything that we did, like recriminalize it, ban the edibles, stop retail sales, 
um you know make it it's it's just ridiculous and then we haven't even gone over the other 17 bills that are in but we can god it'll take us weeks to do that so but our guests are here we started with the worst we can go over the next bills because there's a couple in there i think are weird like ombudsman i have no clue what that is but i want to discuss that with you but we'll do that another day But anyway, our guests are on here right now, and this is Sean McGill on with us. He's from the CBG Gurus, and the CBG Gurus was built around the belief that premium quality hemp craft products can be manufactured sustainably in alignment with nature. Our crop is certified to USDA national certified standards, and all products and processes are clean, green, cannabis certified. We use no till permaculture to enrich the soil's quality, structure, and population of living inhabited. Rainwater collection is used as supplemental irrigation. Solventless extraction ensures our products are of the utmost purity and made without harmful chemical byproducts. And they have partnered with CalYex containers to implement a new standard of packaging for the considering both the environment and the consumer. The synergy of these methods, our blood, sweat, and tears, and a whole lot of love for our plants evolves into the CBG Guru's sustainable artisanal hemp products. So how are you today, Sean? Doing pretty good, you know, living life. It's pretty slow wintertime here on the farm, as I'm sure Lou knows. Um, but yeah, doing, doing great. Happy to be here. I kind of caught the last tail end of you guys talking about some of those, some of those bills. Definitely some of them are a little bit more (laughs) exciting and some of them are a little bit scarier than some of the other ones, but you know, we're, we're still a young state in a young industry when it comes to legal recreational cannabis. So there's definitely a lot of work to be done. Um, yeah, we're, we're out here growing hemp, trying to, trying to make the best of it, you know? So where's your guys' farm? Our farm's in Harwinton, so it's the northwestern corner of Connecticut, right near Torrington. Okay, so it's up that way. Okay, great, great. How many acres you guys got? So the house sits on 13 acres, um, but last year we only farmed about uh, half an acre. We ran like 600 plants on half an acre um, because for the time being, that's a lot of land. Don't you dare down, don't you dare down talk any of that. All right. Do not down talk any of that. A half acre with on a small family farm can do wonders in what you guys are doing. You guys put a good product out there and you guys grow some really cool things. Um, I use Colex containers as well. Um, so yeah, so doing the whole thing. I you guys are doing your thing. I'm really excited about it. So, what are some of the strains you guys grew this year? So last year, we actually decided to do a little bit of a pheno hunt. Um, because, nice. Yeah, the, um, this past season was our second season growing. For our first season, we kept it pretty simple, and we only ran four varieties because we didn't want to, like, overwhelm ourselves at all. Um, but then after that first season, you know, we had some, some varieties that were testing around, like, 10% tack, and then some that were, like, pushing over 20 And then kind of like same with terpenes. It was like we had some varieties that were like in the 1% for terpenes. And then our best variety the first year was like 3.4% terpenes. So that's definitely like significant for some outdoor hemp. 
Um, and one of the main reasons why we decided to do a pheno hunt this past season was because here we do uh, ice water extraction. You can actually yep. see our osprey. Yep, kind of that, yeah, see it right behind you. <laughs> um, so we run ice water extraction and not too many people in the hemp industry do that. Not too many people really in the cannabis industry as a whole do that. It's kind of starting to get geared more towards solventless. Um, but we're definitely kind of on the forefront of that, especially with hemp. And we, um, you know, I've said it many times, like, thank God we're the CBG gurus because um, that first season, you know, we yielded about half as much on our um, CBD extract versus our CBG extract. Yeah. Um, you know, like some of our worst washes um, we, we wash only from fresh frozen flour here. So basically during harvest season, what we do is we go through the field and we top all the plants. Basically, we keep the biggest colas for all of our smokable products. Everything gets dried indoors in a controlled environment to maintain you know, the product quality. And then we leave the smalls kind of out in the field for another couple of weeks to finish up. And then we'll go back through and take all the smalls and put them right in the freezer for yep. fresh frozen extraction. Um, so the first year, uh, you know, are some of our worst yields from fresh frozen flour. So it has a lot more weight than dry flour. But some of our worst yields were like under 1%. You know, we're yielding like half a percent from, wow. from fresh frozen flour to bubble hash, you know? So it's like, that is not really too great, especially when on some of our best yielding washes from fresh frozen flour, you know, we were pushing over 2%. So that's like a three, 400% difference in yield. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you grow a couple hundred plants and you yield half a percent versus 2%. That's like quite a big difference. So yeah, yeah. Into this season, we were like, you know, we really need to figure out what's going to yield for us in the washing machine. And then what's gonna, you know, be potent and have terps and be basically disease resistant in the field. Um, Cause that first season, it was my first year growing large scale outdoor and we got hit with two hurricanes and nonstop rain. So that was like a big lesson for me. Like what's, what's mold, you know, what's botrytis? Like, you know, here it is. Um, so finding plants. Here are, it is. Here it is. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I lost like six acres that year. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, it, yeah, I had an entire hillside just get destroyed in the feet with the hurricane. It was, yeah. it was, everything was broken. The entire thing, we just tilled it right back in. And that's, yeah, we, I just extracted for that was stuff was just going into distillate to our wholesale partners. Right, but, we, um, we trellis everything here. So like even with the trellis, like we were out there. Oh, it doesn't the matter. Storm, yeah, putting putting more stakes up. And then and then like, you know, of course, like the week after the hurricane is when you start to see all the like little spots of gray mold start to pop up and you're like, fuck. So Ooh, watch the swearing. Stuff off. Um, so that was definitely an experiment. And again, one of the reasons why we decided to run 18 varieties this year, because I mean, that's like, awesome. Yeah. Two so or you're going to find something 18. that works for your land. Exactly. And even still two or three out of the 18, like got hit pretty hard by mold. You know, um, we had a pretty dry year, but of course we got like the most rain during harvest season, right. basically. So 
um a couple of the varieties got hit pretty hard with mold and we were like yeah we're, we're not even going to really do anything with those you know we ran maybe like 10 15 plants just to kind of see right. how it does you know um and then some of the varieties were like super like definitely clear winners you know like dense nugs big nugs covered in trichomes and you could leave them out there you could push them long and not have to worry about it going moldy you know that's kind of one of the fears is Especially with outdoor, when you get more into like fall time, you get heavy yep. dews every single morning. So if you don't have plants that are resistant, then like mold becomes a really big issue. I mean, we were out there sometimes even like after rain or mold, we get the backpack leaf blowers on. Yeah, dry them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is you know, that's, that's just a good little antidote for an outdoor grower now. Exactly, <laughs> those like, are in the field. Yeah, uh, those are good. We do is we run big fans in the field. That's something we learned this year. You know, that's a couple other growers, maybe even a little bit smaller scale than us, but they're like, yeah, man, like shake off the plants, you know, blow yeah. off the plants. It will help so much. And we definitely did. We got out there, you know, some days like before the sun would come up and you shake the plants, you'd think it rained the night before because everything is so soaked. And it takes so long for all that that water to evaporate yep. off the plants just with the sun. And the moisture that's created in the nugs from that evaporation is just crazy. It's it's hot and it's moist. So that's the perfect environment for mold to form in. It brings mold. It brings bugs. It'll bring everything that you don't want to bring with it. So exactly. Yeah, for really sure. important. And then another Being, thing, you know, exactly what you're pointing out in any cannabis for outdoor growth. Embrace the idea that the sun is the best light you're ever going to get, you know a well-maintained soil will be the best soil that you have. It's going to have bugs. It's going to have worms. It's going to have its own living ecosystem inside of there. But I, I've always said that sun grown has always been some of the tastiest, best flower that I've ever consumed. And, you know, if it's done right. And now with this market starting to mature individuals like you guys doing what you're doing now, specializing in what you're specializing, you set yourself up for the future on all of that. You know what I mean? And that knowledge can really be spread among everybody that you got around you guys. So it's pretty awesome to see you guys do it. And then getting that, doing the pheno hunt is always one of those things that I enjoy personally. <laughs> and it's like, man, all right, well, we got a strain that we really like. Let's run it. And then as it becomes more acclimated, do a small seed run on one or two plants where you just do the little thing. And those seeds that, 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 so we have some of our hemp strains, they're like five generations into us already so now these seeds have reproduced in my small seed because seeds are expensive yeah so i was like <laughs> make your own yeah. clones are even more expensive <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> yeah they are i used to make good money on clones um that was a different time um yeah now we just run from seed it makes it easier hoop house from seed run them up they all come out pretty pretty standard yeah, yeah i mean if you if you hunt it and you're making the seeds then you know that it's meant for your environment and yep. that's that's why we that's why we did the hunt last year and now we're kind of starting to approach the stages that you were in where it's like okay you know we picked out like our four or five like definite winners i've got some mothers of those going i'm gonna try and take as many clones as i can and then we'll probably throw an additional like five ten seeds out there yeah. yeah, a couple different phenotypes of the winning varieties and then go back through, collect what we want. Because this past year, 
you know, it was all from seed. So we didn't really have the opportunity to be like, okay, let's take pheno number five and wash it and see how it yields in the wash. Because even if you have a variety that's yielding, you know, like one and a half, two percent from fresh frozen on average in the washing machine, pheno number one within that variety could be like one percent and pheno number seven could be like two and a half percent. So just to take those phenos and narrow them down even more to get the qualities that you're really after, whether it's, you know, extraction yield or a certain terpene profile or a certain bud structure or whatever, you know, all of these things are things that we're going to continue to dial in over the next couple of years with these varieties that we've selected so that we can continue to bring you know, product to the market that people aren't necessarily used to seeing, you know, I always joke, like, whenever we're out vending, we can have a, everybody always does those, like, little giveaways, like, spin the wheel, you can, like, win something or whatever, I'm like, ah, we'll take, like, a couple nugs of, like, some of our hemp, and then a couple nugs of, like, some weed, and we'll, like, three side-by-sides, and you have to guess, like, is that hemp or is that weed, you know? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Win yourself a little prize. That's awesome. Yeah, because there's a lot of great because you guys have, you know, you really started to put it forward. You're putting the science uh, attached with it, your products that are coming out. What type of products do you guys have? Because one of the bills in there is allowing the hemp uh, products into dispensaries. So, yeah, if that goes through, that'd be absolutely amazing in all honesty. Yeah, we're 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 super excited about that just because, um, you know, through getting out there and talking to people over this past summer uh, at all the events that we've vended. I, I, I have felt from the beginning that, you know, hemp products need to be in dispensaries, but especially after having all these conversations, I really feel like they definitely need to be in dispensaries because it's just not an option that's there currently. And a lot of the people who aren't, you know, seasoned stoners uh, need something that's a little bit more mild or something that right. they can mix with their THC yep. dominant products to kind of create that desired effect because that's something that I'll often tell to consumers, you know, CBG, CBD, THC, all the cannabinoids. I like to kind of think of them just as like tools in your toolbox. And that's almost why I would prefer to have like, you know, an eighth of marijuana and an eighth of hemp that I can mix together however I want, instead of just being stuck with like a a one-to-one strain, you know, because then it's like, okay, you're kind of stuck with that. Maybe today I want to smoke more CBG, but just put a little bit of THC in there. Or, you know, maybe today I'll smoke only CBG or whatever. Maybe later on tonight I'll smoke only THC. But having all those options really lets me kind of dial in the feeling that I'm going for based on the time of day. So for that reason, we're definitely really excited to, you know, hopefully get into dispensaries. It's kind of been one of our big goals from the beginning is to get into dispensaries that's kind of why we you know use really high quality more expensive packaging and really put a lot of effort into the label design and decided to go ahead and get our usda certification and kind of all that stuff so that we could you know stack up with these marijuana companies that are investing millions into all this stuff and so that we can you know have our products next to theirs on the dispensary shelves and not look out of place, be proud of, you know, what we're doing and the fact that we can produce this high quality medicine right here in the state. Um, so in terms of the products that we have. Nutraceuticals. Let's yeah. use the term nutraceuticals. Right. That's my workaround on everything. 
because you yeah. can't claim a medicine. Right. You can't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then but you want to make sure to give it the respect that it gets. It's exactly. a nutraceutical. It's a wellness like item. That. It's something that you should like um, any other vitamin or mineral or supplement that you would take. You should definitely supplement your endocannabinoid system. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it, for sure. Because that's one of the things we all have to be super careful with. How we say things and the words that oh, we yeah. use, you know, it's like everybody knows it's medicine. Everybody knows yep. it could maybe cure cancer if you take enough of it or whatever, you know, like. Right. But, Rick but Sim- like, shout out Rick Simpson's oil. If anybody doesn't know, look it up. That's one of those things you just need to do. Exactly. Rick Simpson oil. It's like, I mean, I it even blows my mind the fact that people be taking like 3000 plus milligrams a day of like Rick Simpson oil and like just kind of ramping up to that. But also the, the success stories that you hear from some of that stuff, yeah. will all like just blow your mind, you know? Yeah. People that's what I always liked. Is like, it's insane. Um, but in terms of uh, the products that we do, we do, um, we have a line of smokable products. We have eighths of flour and then one gram pre-rolls. And we do smokable bubble hash too, the CBG bubble hash. Um, we just kind of got a more industrial size press. So we're going to be starting to experiment nice. with pressing out some of the bubble and some of the flour to make like hash rosin. And then we've gotten a lot of requests for carts. So I want to start kind of experimenting with carts, seeing if we can get some of this solventless oil into carts. Cause I think those would be very popular, especially in the dispensary scene. Um, and those are kind of our smokable products. And then we have a line of edibles. So for the edibles, we use um, our bubble hash for the infusion to make all the edible products. Um, right now we have a line of tinctures. And I always say that our tincture is the most medicinal just because it's made with um, organic MCT coconut oil and bubble hash. Those are the only two ingredients. So it has a really nice natural flavor from the hash. Um, there's no like additives for flavor enhancers or anything, but it doesn't taste bad or overly planty. You really get the nice natural terpenes from the solventless extraction. Um, so I love to recommend the tincture. We have a CBG daytime blend and then a nighttime blend, which is 50% CBN. So super good for like putting you to sleep, especially if you pick up a couple puffs off your bowl or whatever along mm-hmm. with it. Um, then we got some, some gummies and a couple other edible products. We do honey, uh, stuff like that. So, um, you know, definitely I think we have a pretty solid lineup, but we're we're going to be expanding a little bit more as we kind of process some of this flour from last season. We're hoping to make a line of topical products. So we get a lot of requests for topicals from people who don't necessarily like to ingest their cannabinoids. Um, and then we're going to be expanding our pre-roll lineup because right now we just have the single grammars, but um, we've gotten some requests for larger packs. So I think we're going to do like some three pack sample packs so you can try like all the CBG flavors and then we'll do some bigger like five packs and stuff like that for people who want to use them more of as like a you know cigarette alternative or whatever just to have something to smoke on more frequently throughout the day you know so yeah very cool sounds like you got a great line of products 
I did want to ask you, um, what made you guys decide to go solventless as opposed to, uh, you know, the typical ethanol extract or, or whatever? You know, I, I don't really do it, yeah. so I don't know. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, a little bit about my background. I actually got my degree in medicinal plant chemistry from Northern Michigan University. So I got to learn a little bit about, you know, the chemistry behind extraction and how it all really works. So part of that was like the, you know, part of the decision-making process. And then another couple big factors in that process were, you know, for the time being, we're kind of using the the space that we have available at the house. You know, we did a whole kind of renovation to make our lab space, um, but we don't necessarily have like a separate, totally separate building and, and all that stuff. So I wanted to make sure everything was as safe as possible. I'm not trying to blow up my basement, right, um, right. doing like a, you know, butane extraction or whatever. Um, and then also cost was a big factor um, and just kind of, you know, having the ability to process all of the flour um, solventless kind of really works out for us because we are able to do um, fresh frozen flour uh, and, you know, only use ice and water so we don't have to worry about having solvents on hand. Um, you know, obviously the, the Osprey and all the other equipment we need was quite, a, quite an upfront investment, but, you know, now we have, have the, the capabilities to do all the processing that we need and there's really no um, uh, nothing that we need to continue to purchase, you know, to make this right. extraction run. Um, and just kind of for quality's sake also, I, you know, I, I have just kind of felt like solventless was always the best, best way that you can, you know, make, um, cannabis extracts and nobody really was doing it with hemp yet. So that that was a little bit of a motivating factor for me, like, okay, let's let's try and figure this out. Um, so it definitely has been a bit of a challenge in overcoming, you know, some of the 0.4% yields. Or yeah, I was going to ask you that, like, what's the difference now between the percentage you get from a solventless extraction compared to what you would get from a solvent say Base extraction, extraction. So, yeah. yeah like i know most people aren't using butane anymore they're using an ethanol it's mostly ethanol ethanol uh -huh. extraction large so scale in the yeah. hemp industry so um, what's the difference you say oh a quarter percent well and i'm thinking wow that that's that <laughs> <laughs> what do you get when you do yeah. a solvent extract so what's again, the difference you have to, you have to take that like quarter percent or, or half a percent or, or one percent and normally we multiply it by like five to figure out what the rough conversion from like fresh frozen flour to dry flour would be so, you know, say we yield 1% from fresh frozen flour, that would be equivalent to roughly a 5% yield from dry flour. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I maybe Lou could speak to it a little bit more, honestly, because I haven't done like side-by-side -side comparisons, but I think for, for most solvent-based extractions, you're going to be yielding probably like at least um, 10% from dry flour. And I think, you know, as with 
any type of extraction, you know, as the saying kind of goes, like fire in, fire out. So like what you put in is what you're going to get out. If you're, if you're extracting trim or only smalls, then you're going to get a lot lower of a yield and a lot lower of a product quality. Um, but that's just kind of like across the board, whether it's solventless or solvent-based. Um, so we were just talking about the differences in in like yield from the extraction. Now, he was saying he he gets what would be equivalent to a five percent yield from what would be dry flour. That's what his one percent. So everything, all his math and everything is completely on right. You know, I know you're just touching base. Yeah, it's all one hundred percent correct. And then depends what type of um, what would a solvent-based extraction. You know what I mean? It's you get like our good friend up Mike, Mike Goodenough up in um at CEO. They run a lot of they run a lot through ethanol extraction where it's not CO2 or more volatile, and you get more production out of the space. They use a machine that kind of runs constantly. So it's one of those things that you put like two, three hundred pounds in. Right. And you run it down. And you know what I mean? And you get your first wash, which is just your extract that's fats it still needs to be denatured it still has to be settled before it has to go into another pass and then once the solvent portion of it is out then you just remove that solvent the ethanol gets removed from the short path and or your forming film or something but the product that comes out it can only be qualified as a distillate it's not you know what i mean your, your terpenes are very destroyed and so that's that's also into what type of products are we going to go into? You know, if it's something that's going to be for topicals, then rock it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the thing you want to smoke. <laughs> you know, it'll be the cleanest food grade you could get. You know, like that's 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 where you're at there. But um, what you guys are doing with those machines there are really awesome. There's a couple of really dope companies that are making them now. You can pick them up and they really do a great job. And if you, as you master the task in the CBD and CBG world, at some point there'll be that next task where it's mastered in a completely different plant. So, or a different name of the same exact plant with different numbers. That kind of was one of the ideas going into this, you know, like I, I, I had a really good mentor while I was in school who kind of started to teach me how to grow high quality cannabis and I combined that knowledge with what I learned at school and you know it was like I'm gonna go work for somebody or I'm gonna try and start my own thing and I kind of always looked at it like I, we love CBG like definitely it's like the sativa of hemp it's great for smoking during the daytime to give you energy and all that so not only did I like want to plug that and get that knowledge more out there but I felt like this was a really great opportunity for me to learn, you know, how to work with the 600 cannabis plants in an outdoor setting. That's a little bit lower risk than growing marijuana. You know, if my marijuana crop went a little moldy, like I would be very, 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 very upset, you know? Um, so it's like, <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> exactly. These you're like you know what this one goes back to the earth i guess right in the other like, like, in the okay. other one you're gonna be like oh i'm gonna be very sad yeah exactly right so it's definitely a great opportunity to be able to learn about you know all this stuff and like you said to be able to master 
solventless extraction, um, you know, at a level where there's not like a huge, huge, huge amount of associated risk. You know, we're not we're not taking 10 pounds of, of marijuana and throwing it in there every time where it's like, if you mess that up, like that's a lot of waste. Um, but back to the, the extraction, I think one of the reasons why we chose solventless was also because of some of those like post-processing steps that are involved with um, solvent-based extractions. You know, when you do your solvent-based extraction, you get a, a a distillate, you get a, a goop um, and you have to process that more to get the fats out. And a lot of the terpenes have already been kind of volatilized. So to maintain, you know, the, the product quality, the uh, nutraceutical aspects of the plant, um, you know, we, we felt like solventless would do that best. And when we're done with our extraction, basically you can kind of see here, but that's the osprey. Oh. Uh, when we drain the osprey, it gets drained through those kind of mesh filter bags, which are in that can. And those mesh bags separate all the hash from the water. And then we just basically take the hash and we put it onto stainless steel trays, which go into our freeze dryer somewhere over there. Um, and that's it. After, after the hash is done being freeze dried, it just gets sifted to make it into a homogenous powder. And then we store it in the freezer until we're ready to, you know, make a tincture or make gummies or make hash rosin. Um, and that also is a perk of extraction in general um, and solventless extraction is, you know, you can take a whole entire crop and not only, you know, in our case, we don't have to dry everything. We dry like maybe a third of the crop or less. Um, and then you can take the rest of that crop and get your manufacturing done, hopefully in a timely fashion. And then you've got, you know, this extract, which is a lot more concentrated, a lot easier to store. And it has a pretty indefinite storage life, you know, like we keep it all in the freezer and in, in airtight jars labeled and all that, but it's just kind of like there to be used whenever we, you know, need to we use need it. We need to make so. a batch, yeah. So it's a powder, not a liquid. So that does make it easier to store. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. I'm going to have to try some of your products. Yeah. For a small jar of the CBG bubble hash here. So yeah, it's just like a, oh, it's like a powder. Okay. It's almost like kefi. But oh, wow. I really like oh. to use this to top my bowls with, like when I smoke and stuff like that. Um, Cause you could smoke a bowl you know, full of weed and put a scoop of this CBG bubble on top. And I think it definitely, definitely modifies the high. Um, I find myself able to be productive and focus more. I combine CBG in with my smoke. Um, so yeah, and that, that particular extract, that particular bubble hash that we sell, um, it actually has 0% THC in it. Um, which as a hemp producer is pretty important and pretty advantageous. Um, and how we're able to do that using solventless extraction um, is the, the genetics themselves um, was actually bred to make no THC at all. So that particular flower, uh, it produces over 10% CBG but it will test at 0% THC. 
So then when we take that flower and we go and do the extraction, the bubble hash also tests at 0% THC, but there's like 60% CBG in the extract. And that makes it a marketable hemp product because it has no THC. And we're able to, you know, incorporate it using the solventless extraction, um, which in that process, since we don't introduce any solvents, we can never really do THC remediation. So we can't pull the THC out of our extract if we wanted to. Um, So in order to make marketable products, they kind of have to exist below that mark, which allows it to be considered a hemp product. Right. Um, So that's definitely neat. And hopefully we'll see how that bubble presses out. But, you know, if it makes good rosin, that rosin also should test at 0% and be a marketable product, which would be super unique. That's very cool. Yeah. Very dope. That is very dope. Very dope. All right. It's 150. We have to, uh, how would people be able to reach you? Is there anything you want to give a shout out to? Is there, yeah, are there any stores you guys are in? I did want yeah, to shout out any of your purveyors, anybody who sell, you know what I mean? Give out, take the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our main social media that we use is, uh, Instagram and Facebook on both of them. We are just at the CBG gurus. Um, and then just, <laughs> Quick shout outs basically to everybody who's ever helped us out. You know, basically it's more or less just me and my business partner, Jake Honig, you know, so we've been, we've been grinding since the beginning day in, day out to make this dream a reality, but we've also had a lot of help along the way from friends and family, you know, especially during planting and harvest time. So shout out everybody who's ever been out here and had their hands, you know, on the plants, getting dirty with us, having fun. You know, we like to keep it fun around here. And then in terms of stores that we're in, we're in a couple stores around Connecticut. Uh, We're in Sugar Leaf down in Middletown. We're in a couple of health food stores, Rooted Market in Winstead, The Healing Trail here in Harwinton. Um, And we are, you know, always happy to form new relationships with any, you know, head shops or, you know, other um, CBD stores that are kind of looking to integrate CBG. Uh, or any other of our solventless products into their lineup and you know again we're really looking forward to hopefully be in some of the dispensaries soon um so yeah i mean just kind of happy to be here always happy to talk about what we're doing this was a pretty good introductory episode to us and kind of solventless extraction i'd love to i think very educational for the people to know these kind of things um do you vend are you out there vending uh yeah so the vending season has slowed down a little bit now that it's uh winter time you know but we like to we like to be in the outdoor events i think um you know we do have a website the cbggurus.com so we can ship to all 50 states um but we've really been trying to vend as much as possible just to kind of introduce ourselves to the people you know educate them about cbg and kind of, you know, tell them why they should support us as a, as a local farm, you know? Man, well, it's much appreciated. So what's your website? The CBG, what is the website? Yeah, thecbggurus.com. 
And very you know, nice. We have a lot of uh, news and research articles actually posted onto the website. So if you wanna, you know, um, read up a little bit more on some scholarly research as to how hemp, you know, actually is is helpful, then definitely check that out. All right, awesome. Good man. Hey, keep up the good work. Um, make sure you get involved in the uh, legislative system if you want to see that bill get passed. Oh, yeah. Contact your legislator. It would be great to have some great CBD products in the dispensaries. I've always felt that that's been lacking. So shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Much appreciated. And uh, I can't wait to try your products, Sean. So thanks yeah, for coming thanks on. Man. Thanks for having that's us on. And all right. hopefully we can talk all right. to you guys at some point in the future. Thank you so much. Uncle Joe, Lou, any Joe, any last Joe. words? Everybody have a happy, healthy, and high life. Enjoy. We'll see you guys next week. All right. All right. As far as us goes, you can find us at, at Greenhaven Media on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, uh, Cannabis Corner Radio on Facebook. And if you want to follow me, it is at Joe the Weed Guy uh, and follow the CBG Gurus. Uh, other than that, uh, stay happy, healthy, and high, like Lou said. And remember, Bill 5434, kill the bill. Kill the bill, the Republican bill. So 5434. Take care, guys. We'll see you all next week. Take care, Sean. In love, everybody. Take it easy. All right. I was going to clean my room. Until I got high <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom But then I got high uh, My room is still messed up And I know why Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high yeah. Because I got high yeah. Because I got high I was gonna go to class Before I got high Come on, y'all Check it out uh, I could've cheated And I could've passed but I got high. Uh, uh, I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high.